welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. Well, do you know what today is on our Christian calendar? Does anybody know what today is? Pentecost Sunday. How many of you guys have heard of Pentecost Sunday? How many of you know what Pentecost Sunday is? Amen. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today is Pentecost Sunday. So um, without further ado, we're just going to go before the Lord in prayer. And uh, then we're going to get right into the word. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time of fellowship. I thank you, Father God, for what you're doing today in this house. I thank you for what you're doing in the earth today. Father, I thank you for your presence right now, right here opening up our hearts and our minds to receive the engrafted word of God. I thank you, Father God, that as you anoint my lips to bring forth the oracles of God, that I will decrease that you may be glorified, Father God. And I pray that the word that goes forth, Father God, it will change hearts. It will cause us to run to you and become all that you desire for us to be, oh God. I thank you for the transformation that has already begun and that is still happening right now, even as we go forth together as one. Father, I give you all the glory and the honor and the praise for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Well, I'm excited, and you should be too. And I'm going to tell you why you should be, because... We are in a season, and today marks the day of excitement, joy. And we're going to look in Scripture. I'm going to give you some foundation about what Pentecost is all about. And I guarantee you, when you leave here today, you will not be the same. I know you won't. I declare that by faith. You will not be the same. So turn with me in your Bibles. We're going to turn to two places. The first place I want you to turn is Acts chapter 2. This is our foundation text. Acts chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. And then we're also going to look at Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 20. So that's our first entry. Our next entry is going to be Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Amen? So Acts chapter 2, verse 1, we'll start there. And I love the way this passage of Scripture starts. And I'm reading out of the New King James. And it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, man, don't you like suddenlies? We just had a suddenly this morning. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, the they being those that were assembled in the upper room. It was 120 men and women. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
So we see here, uh, just to give you a little background, Jesus instructed the disciples to get to Jerusalem. And not to get ahead of myself, I'm not going to tell you why just yet, even though you probably already know. Uh, but he had instructed the disciples to get to Jerusalem for an endowment of the Holy Spirit. We see that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We're not going to go there just yet. And so here they are gathered together in Jerusalem, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit takes place, just as Jesus had promised. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit takes place, and it's so much of an outpouring that it took over the faculties of those that were assembled together to the point that they began to manifest the operation of the Holy Spirit, which was the speaking in other tongues. And as they began to do that, uh, remember, this was the day of Pentecost. So as they began to do that, there was a crowd there in Pentecost, and they were there for a reason. We'll get to that. These people who were of every nation and every tongue began to hear what God was saying through tongues in their own tongues. Now think about that. Let's just think about it today. Let's say today um, we had assembled some Asian people and some Hispanic people and maybe some African people and, and, and maybe some Russians, and they were all assembled together. And the outpouring of, they were all assembled here, here in this church. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was so much so that a tongue came forth. And each one of these individuals, Asian, Russian, Hispanic, whoever, Ukraine, they began to hear what God is saying in their own tongue, through a tongue, through a tongue a spiritual, supernatural manifestation. And so they were thinking, what is going on? And so we pick up in verse 11, Peter, but Peter, Peter's always the one, isn't he? But Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, now he raised his voice, so he wasn't talking like this. He wasn't whispering, y'all. Because there was commotion going on. So he raised his voice and he said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk. Because they thought they were drunk. They had to be drunk. But Peter said, these are not drunk as you suppose. Mm. He's making a distinction here between you and the Holy Ghost. These are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So, let's turn to Joel. Even though it's quoted there in the scripture, I want to go back to what Joel said. And this is Joel chapter 2, and we're going to look at Verses 28 
through 29. And it says, And ye, it shall come to pass afterward. So he's looking to the future. This shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So this is Joel looking to the future. He's talking about a time in the future. And when we go back to Peter, Peter is looking back to the past. And he's saying this that's happening right now is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Now, why was Joel prophesying this? And what, why was there a reference to this particular time and space. So we have to set some foundation now. And we're going to talk about what Pentecost is all about. What is Pentecost? So I'm going to give you a little history because I'm a big history buff. And I think, you know, uh, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. So he always tells us what we need to know. So we need to know some things. So when we talk about Pentecost, Pentecost is one of the seven feasts that was established by God to the nation of Israel, okay? Now, we don't talk much about the feasts of, of, of uh, the Jewish uh, people uh, because we like to say we're not of that time, we're of this time. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus, uh, God said don't move those old landmarks. There's a reason for this. And although we don't celebrate the feast for salvation, okay, this was the confusion that, what, that, that people thought that they could be saved through the keeping of the feast. That is the furthest thing from the truth. They were not established for that. The feasts were established as a time to, of remembrance of what God had done. For the Israelites. So let's look at that. Let's go to uh, Exodus chapter 12. And that's the Old Testament. Second book of the Bible. And I'm going to show you how God instituted this. We got to go back to the Passover first. We know about the Passover, right? This is the time when the, when the Israelites were being delivered out of Egypt. And the Passover came as a result of the 10th plague that was pronounced upon Pharaoh and Egypt. And that was the death of the firstborn of everything, including animals, including servants, okay, because of the hardness of the heart that Pharaoh had hardened his heart. And so God told them in chapter 12, He's speaking to Moses and he's speaking to Aaron. And he says, this month shall be your beginning of months. At verse 2. It shall be the first month of the year to you. 
speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for his household uh, himself a lamb, according to the house of his fathers, a lamb for a household. And we drop down to, um, let's see. We drop down to verse 11. You can read through that. And we drop down to verse 11. And he says, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. This is the Lord's Passover. Okay. Now, what I want to establish with you is to understand that these were set times that God set. The Passover was a set time. He's, he goes on in uh, in. Uh, another passage, and he, he calls it a time of remembrance. Remember the deliverance from Egypt. This shall be a, uh, a, a time that will be forever established to you, forever, forever, okay? So this is a pat, the Passover. One, this is the first of the seven feasts. The next feast is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. I'm going somewhere with this, so hang with me. I know it's a lot of information, but hang with me. You'll see it in a minute. The second feast is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This happened the next day after the Passover. So on the Passover day, they were to, to uh, kill the, the lamb, take the blood, put it on the lentils and the doorposts to keep the angel of death from coming to their home. The next day, they were to eat the unleavened bread. Now, unleavened bread, leaven in Scripture always refers to sin. So they were to eat unleavened bread. Keep that in mind. The third feast was the Feast of first fruits. The fourth feast was the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost. It's called the Feast of Weeks because after Passover, seven weeks went by which was 49 days, and on the 50th day was the Feast of Weeks. 50th is Pentecost. It is the Greek word for Pentecost. That's all it means. The Jewish people calls it Shavuot, which simply means weeks. So those are the four feasts. And then there are three other feasts that make up the seven. The third feast being the Feast of Trumpets, the fourth feast being uh, Yom, uh, Yom Kippur, which is um, Day of Atonement, and then the last feast being uh, uh, the, the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths or Sukkot. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because these feasts were not just for that time, but these were prophetic. They were prophetic. Okay? And what we see when we go back through the Passover, Jesus became the Passover lamb, the lamb slain. He was the lamb slain once and for all. So the Passover has been fulfilled. There is no other lamb to slay. He also was a man without sin, unleavened, the bread of life, unleavened bread. Fulfilled. He also is the first fruits of many brethren. The feast of first fruits fulfilled. And 
he told the disciples to go to Jerusalem for Pentecost, which was the weeks of weeks, feast of weeks. Pentecost fulfilled. Now, why is this important? It's important because we as believers, we need to know where we are in time, in spiritual time. We need to know where we are. And where we are right now is in the outpouring. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. When the outpouring took place at Pentecost, it was known as an open heaven. That should make you excited. That should make you excited because what happened on the day of Pentecost? Let's, let's, let's talk about this. What happened on the day of Pentecost? I want you to talk to me, yes. How did he come? As a Russian wind. Where did he come from? He came from heaven. What had to happen in order for him to come from heaven? He had to open it up. He opened up heaven and he poured out on all flesh his spirit. That's what he did. It was the promise that he talked about in John. Let's go to John. And we're going to go to John. I love the book of John. We're going to go to John chapter 14. We're going to look at two places in John, chapter 14 and chapter 16. You probably already know where I'm going. Just let me know when you get there. I'll let you know when I get there. Amen. All right, so we're at John chapter 14. And he says to them in verse uh, 25, he says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. And then he goes on to say, peace, I leave with you. So what's happening here? Jesus is preparing to leave the disciples. They have, been, they have been taught of Jesus for three years. He's been telling them, I'm not going to be here long. I'm going to be leaving. Okay? But when I leave, I'm going to leave something with you. I'm going to give you the helper, also known as the Holy Spirit. He made that promise. And when we go over to chapter 16, just a, a couple chapters over, okay, chapter 16, let me get there, I'm in actually in chapter 17, okay, and we look at verse 12, I'm sorry, not verse 12, we look at verse 7. Now, let's just back up to verse 5. He says, but now I go away to him who sent me. Who sent him? The Father. He says, I'm getting ready to go. 
and none of you ask me where are you going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow have filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is of your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So Jesus is telling us, you need the helper. See, the, the Holy Spirit was not poured out yet. Jesus had to go to the cross first. He had to fulfill the feast. He had to become the Passover lamb. He had to become the feast of unleavened bread, had to be fulfilled. He was the lamb without sin. Because these were the times that God set. And how many of you know when God sets a time, it cannot be changed. He said, my word is forever settled in heaven. Now, this is very important because we got to see ourselves in those set times. We have to see how this relates to us so that we can learn to trust God. You see, these set times were set so that the Israelites would be able to continue to look to God because they didn't have Christ. They didn't have Jesus. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. Okay, we know how they were in the wilderness. And, and we would have been the same way. Don't fool yourself and think, oh, I wouldn't be acting like them. I wouldn't be doubting God if I just saw him open up the Red Sea. Yes, you would. Because we do it today. We see God move from this point, and then we, the next day, like he said earlier, we thinking, oh, God, where are you? Well, you just saw me move this over here. I'm guilty of it. I'm going to tell you, I have done it and still do it sometimes. I have to catch myself. Because God is faithful yesterday, today, and forevermore. When God sets something, when he sets it, okay, I want you to think about jello. Right? When you make jello, what's the state of it in the beginning? But when it sets, what is it? Does it go back to being liquid? Because it's set. God has set these times, and these times will be fulfilled. They have not passed away. They are prophetic, and they give us an understanding of where we are in time. What season is it? What is the season that we're in now? Okay, and this is important for us to understand the season, because how many of us know that we can get weary? We can get weary. We can feel like, where is God? I've been there. I just came out of a season like that. Asking God, where are you? I'm asking you things. I'm seeking your face. I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I think I'm doing the right stuff. I'm doing what the word tells me to do. Am I perfect? Nope. Where are you, God? I can't hear you. And he said, now God is not a liar because he said, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. But I'm saying, where are you, God? I don't hear you. But God is set. See, all, your, all of us, all of our times, our lives have been set. This is what I want you to know today. It's been set. God has already established your end from the beginning. He already know where you're supposed to be tomorrow. 
You may not know it, but he know it. And so what is he saying? He's saying, Lady D, come on, just follow me, Lady D. And Lady D going over here. Not for real, but I'm using this example. And God is saying, Lady D, I need you back over here. And then she's veering over here. Because your set place is right there. But you're over here. But he's already set your place. And he wants you to get there. The way you get there is by trusting him. You got to trust, one, that he has already established you. And two, that he can make it happen. He can get you there. He says that I will continue the good work that I have started in you. He will not leave you until it is finished. And this is what we have to understand. That's why it's important to know that these times are set. Your time, my time. God has set these times, and they are forever settled in heaven. Amen? And so Pentecost is a set time. It was a set time, as we see in the scripture, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus was going he didn't want the work to end. The work was not going to end because it's not the time yet. When the fullness of time comes, the sky, we will hear the trumpet. That's the feast of the trumpets. We will hear the shofar. That is the feast of the trumpets. And then there will be the judgment. That is the day of atonement. And then we will tabernacle with him. That is the feast of the tabernacles, the booths, the sukkot. When he comes down and establishes his kingdom forevermore, we see the fulfillment of all seven feasts. Seven, the number of completion. The number of completion. Amen. And so God has given us, he says, we should know him through the seasons. We know him by what he's already done. See, God is not up in heaven going, oh, myself, what am I going to do now? I think sometimes we think about God that way. I know I do sometimes. You know, we, 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 we get in these situations that sometimes we create for our own selves. Sometimes they're just a result of walking the path of being a believer. And we get in these situations and we're thinking, oh, my goodness. What am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I going to do? What, what, God, what you going to do, God? And God is like, I already knew that was going to happen before it happened. And I made a way of escape so that you wouldn't have to go through it. It's, well, you might go through it, but it won't consume you. It won't take you out. It may look like it. It may feel like it. You may even be at the point where you are on your knees, crawling. And God is saying, baby, I made a way of escape for you. 
get up, dust yourself off, wipe them tears up. The day of mourning is turned, and it is your time now. It is your time because I have opened up the heavens for you. He said, I opened them up for you. All you got to do is receive. That's all you got to do. You ain't got to conjure nothing up. You ain't got to work it up. You don't have to stoke it up. You know, it's not, God's fire is not like the one that's in our, in our furnaces and in our, in our uh, fireplaces. You know, you got to get that squeeze box and stoke it up, you know. That's not the Holy Ghost fire. The Holy Ghost fire is a fire that burns and never goes out. Remember Moses? Remember Moses in Mount Sinai? And he said that burning bush is burning, but it ain't burning up. I see the bush and I see the fire. God's fire does not have to be stoked up. He's already poured it out on us. So what are we to do? This is the day of Pentecost. He says, I've opened up the heavens for you. I want you to see something right quick. I thought this was fabulous. I thought it was just amazing. Go to, to Luke uh, chapter 24. We see in Luke, we see where Jesus was gathered in uh, Luke 22. Jesus was gathered with the disciples. Remember, we call this the Last Supper. We call this the Last Supper. He was gathered with the disciples. Uh, if we look at chapter 22, verse 1, and let me know when you're there. Chapter 22, Luke 22, verse 1. Amen. And it says here, now the feast of unleavened bread drew near. We just talked about unleavened bread. Didn't we just talk about that? So what do we see here? Jesus keeping the feast. Now, the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover. Look at that. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Now, what do you think about this? There are three feasts where all the Jewish males had to be in Jerusalem. Okay, three. One of them was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay, so go with me here. So on the 14th of Nisan is Passover. On the 15th of Nisan is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. On the 16th of Nisan is the Feast of First Fruits. This is called the Passover season. Now, all the way over 50 days later is the day of Pentecost. This is the second feast where they had to be in Jerusalem. So think about it. it think about this. So do you think they went home after the 16th of Nisan? Some of them probably did because they might have lived close, but most of them probably didn't. So you got a bunch of people, a bunch of Jewish males in Jerusalem 
for unleavened bread, and then finally for Passover, I mean for um, Pentecost. So here we see they're getting ready for unleavened bread. Jesus is going to go to the cross. He's getting ready to go to the cross. So he keeps the Passover with the disciples. And he says, this is the last one I'm going to have with you guys. This is the last one. Because I'm going to the cross to become the Passover. I'm, come, I'm going to be the Passover for everyone. <laughs> and I am unmarred by sin. I am unleavened, the bread of heaven. I'm unleavened, and I'm the first fruit. The next one that has to happen is what? Pentecost. So he tells them, go over to uh, uh, Luke 24 for me. He tells them, this is so good, y'all. I'm trying to contain myself. I hope you follow me. Y'all follow me? I know it's a lot of information, but it's necessary. So in Luke 24, two things happen. If you look at uh, verse 30, it says, Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them. Now this is after Jesus has been crucified, buried, and now he has arisen. And he's got his glorified body, which we're going to get to. We're going to get a glorified body. So he's got his glorified body. And they're unbelieving. The ladies went, and they were like, he's gone. And he shows himself to them. And they're like, Jesus is alive. He's alive. And he goes, and he t they go, and they tell the disciples that were gathered. And they're like, no, he's not. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Lady, get out of here. Husbands, listen to your wives. <laughs> Sometimes they do know what they're talking about. And so Jesus comes and it says, now it came to pass as he sat with them at the table. He's sitting with them at the table in his glorified body. And he takes bread and he blesses it and he breaks it and he gives it to them. What do we know this as? Communion. He's giving them Communion. <laughs> He's given them communion. Of, he's given them communion of himself. He's the communion. He's given them the He's given them him. And he gave it to them. Now watch what happens next. Then their eyes were open and they knew him. Then their eyes were open. And they and they knew him. Number one, first thing that happened. Drop down with me to verse 44. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things might be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. You see that? That all things might be fulfilled. What did Jesus tell us in Matthew 5? Think not that I have come to destroy the law. I have not come to destroy it. I have come to fulfill it. 
Now, that word fulfill in the Greek doesn't mean fulfill like it's over. It means I've come to expand your understanding. And then he goes into the Sermon on the Mount. And the first, one of the first things he talks about is uh, adultery. And he says, just because, this is my, uh, my summation, okay, because I'm not there. Just because you lay with a woman, as that's being adultery, but I'm saying if you think about her in a lustful way, that's adultery. So you don't even have to commit the act for it to be the act. So he's expounding. He's opening up their understanding because by this time, the word, the law, has been diluted and convoluted through the Pharisees and the rabbinic Jewish leaders. They took what was a little bit of law and made it a whole bunch of law, even to the point where Jesus admonished them and said, you don't even keep the law. You go and you make a proselyte out of a person, and then you don't even keep it yourself because it was too hard. It was never supposed to be hard. Being a believer is not hard. We make it hard. We make it hard because we don't follow what the word of God says. But yet we want to expect the results of the word. Okay, this ain't Burger King. You can't have it your way. This is God's kingdom. So here we, we see their eyes were open, and then their understanding was open. So we got eyes open, we got understanding open, and then Luke, I love Luke, the physician, very meticulous, very detailed. He's also the author of Acts. So we pick up Acts. Just act like John's not even there, okay? Skip over John and go right back to, to Acts, where we started. And he says, this is Luke, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until that day in which he was taken up. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So what he's saying is, I'm continuing my dissertation on the witness that I saw of Jesus. I'm continuing that. And so, uh, I skipped the part. Verse, I know you don't have to go there. But verse 49 in Luke 24, Jesus tells them. Uh, behold, I send the promise. Again, we see the promise. I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. So now we skip over to uh, Acts chapter 2. And they're in where? Jerusalem. They finally got there. Remember, they took a little hiatus and went fishing. But they got to Jerusalem. And they got there in time for Pentecost. Think about that. They could have still been out there fishing. Ooh, I, I just got me a big old three-foot catfish. I'm going to stay here for a while. The catfish is biting, and, you know, we're going to have some food tonight. But Jesus shows up. He said, I can tell you to do that. That's that getting off, veering off, Lady D, veering off. Because he set the time. He set the time for them to be in Jerusalem. He told them already, I promise, I'm giving you a promise. The time has already been set. Why are you there? You need to be over here. You're in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
because I already set the time. But God in his mercy and wisdom, he don't beat them down. He says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? If you love me, you really love me, then you'll keep my commandments. Because that's what my disciples do. They keep my commandments. Get yourself to Jerusalem. So they hightail it to Jerusalem. And now here we are, Acts chapter 1. Praise God. Praise the Lord that they got there. Because we need the Holy Spirit. Amen. So they got there. And he says, now wait for the promise of the Father. He said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days now. So it's not Pentecost yet. Not many days now. So he's telling them, it's, it's almost time, almost time, almost time. Just be patient. You're almost there. I know it seems like a hard time. Yep. Seems like you ain't going to never get out of college, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Seems like you ain't going to never get that job, but it's coming. It's coming. Just wait. I done said it. I said it. S-E-T. I said it. So it's coming. Just be patient. Don't veer off. Don't get weary and well-doing. Stay the course. It's coming. The outpouring is coming. It's coming. It's coming. And then it comes. Now, when it came, what do you think they were doing? Do you think they were like, oh, God, I almost finally got here. I done waited long enough. What did they do? Say it loud. They was praying. They were seeking. They were waiting. They were, and when it came, they were so excited that they just began to open up. The, the Holy Spirit gave them utterance, and voila, it all came out. And it not just came out on them. It came out on everybody who were assembled of every tongue and every nation. And they heard it. Was it them that were, that were given what they thought? No, they were giving what God gave them because it was an utterance. And because of that utterance, other people got blessed. And what did God do after that? He added to the church daily from that one outpouring. So what is God telling us today through this story? through all that we've talked about. He's letting us know you are in the time of the open heaven. You are in the time of the open heaven. You are in the time of an outpouring. This is that, spoken by the prophet Joel. It may not seem like it. We probably got to wait a little bit longer for some things to happen. I don't know how many of you have said, come, Lord Jesus, come now. I'm ready. Ready to go home. I've said it my, myself. The world is getting crazy. We're looking at it, and we can't believe in what we're seeing. But it's not time yet because there's a set time. When Jesus returns, he says, no man knows the day nor the hour. Not even Jesus because God set the time. But it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You just keep doing what you're doing. Keep going to bed, waking up, praising the Lord. And going to bed. Keep going to bed, waking up, preaching the word, and going to bed. Keep going to bed, waking up, 
being a mama, being a daddy, and go to bed. Amen? Keep praising God. Keep rejoicing. This is a time of rejoicing. It is a time of celebration. It's a time for us to give God all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for what he has done. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, when they walked through the Red Sea, and I don't care if it was three feet deep or 300 feet deep, they walked through dry ground. That was a miracle in and of itself. They walked through dry ground. And they got away from the Egyptians. God has your way of escape. It may seem like your back is up against the wall. It may seem like you're going down for the third time. It may seem like you're getting ready to drown in the sea of weariness, in the sea of debt, in the sea of regret, oppression, depression, whatever the case may be. But God has a way out. And it is set. And you can take it to the bank. And you can cash that check. And you can know that there are funds available for you in God's kingdom. Amen. This is a, this is a time of an open heaven. I want to share this. And I don't know if I'm gone over time, Pastor. But I'd like to share this last thing. This is something that happened this year. And I shared it at the Madison Church. And as I was preparing for this message, which I'm telling you, I thank God for you all being ready to receive, because when you're trying to prepare something like this, it is it's intense. My husband tell you, I've been up all night. I've been up all night because, you know, I don't want to get up here and just give you what I think. That ain't going to help you. My words ain't going to help you. But God's words will. And so this happened at a intercessory prayer meeting. You know, we have intercessory prayer uh, every second Saturday at the Madison campus. And so I was there, this was January the 14th this year, and I was attending intercessory prayer, and I'll just read to you what I wrote. Um, after having prayed and prayed and prayed, there came a release point, and God spoke these words. I am pleased with you, and because of that, I am opening the heavens to you. Whatever you need, begin to reach up and receive it. Now, I knew at that point that God was speaking to the group, and each one there began to speak out and receive what they had need of, whether it was healing, finances, peace, etc., whatever they needed. Then I saw an open heaven, and everything that was requested was received by faith. The next day in church service, as we, the corporate body, was in praise and worship, the anointing of God manifested himself as we were worshiping in song. We were singing about God opening the floodgates. Okay, that's what we were singing. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain, let it rain, right? The word of the Lord came forth again as it did the day before. This was the confirmation of that word for everyone in that service. And it showed 
uh, I shared with the congregation what God had said. Now, after I did, gave that word again, this is what God said to me after that. I am teaching you how to flow in the anointing. This was the word for the congregation, not just me. I'm teaching you how to flow in the anointing. See, what was poured out at Pentecost was the anointing. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus with power and with the Holy Spirit. So you have received the anointing, but you got to know how to flow in it. So he says, I'm teaching you how to flow in it, and it's easy. Okay. Then I saw a fire hydrant, and it was gushing out water. And God began to bring to my remembrance, like when we were kids, how the fire department used to come around and open up the fire hydrant. I don't know if you guys had that here, but I'm from Michigan. And, and when it gets hot in Michigan, everybody goes cuckoo. We used to it down here. But in Michigan, everybody goes cuckoo because it's so hot. Lady B, you might remember that. And you remember? So the fire department would come out and open up the, the uncap, the fire hydrant. And the water would gush out with a lot of pressure, a lot of power, right? Um, it would gush out, and instead of the kids running away from it, we ran to it. And God said, just like the children ran to the water, run to the anointing. So a lot of times we get afraid of the anointing. We get afraid of tongues. I know people are afraid of tongues. Some people even call it the devil language. But God is saying, run. When the, op when the heavens are open, run. Run to the anointing. Because in the anointing, in that outpouring, is everything you need. See, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has given it to us, folks. He's not trying to work it up no more. He's not trying to make something happen. He already done made it happen. And the fulfillment of that making it happen is in the work of the cross and in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. See, we have the Spirit in us, the Holy Spirit in us. He told us, I go because you need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to know how to live the word of God. We need the Holy Spirit to teach us how to live in the kingdom of God. We need to live in the kingdom and not in the world. See, when we live in the world, we get the results of the world. But when we live in the kingdom, we get the results of the kingdom. And we want the results of the kingdom. We don't want the results of the world. We've lived the results of the world. The world don't bring us anything but death, destruction, and despair. But when we live in the kingdom, we get all the benefits of the kingdom. We get the healing. We get the, the prosperity. We get, we, there's no lack. There's no want. Everything we need is in the kingdom, it's already set. We got to get there. We can't keep walking in the, the ways of the world. We can't keep saying, I don't know how it's going to happen, Pastor. I don't know. I, when he just showed you yesterday, he just delivered you yesterday. And it's already tomorrow. And you, I don't know how it's going to happen, Pastor. How's it going to happen? You know how it's going to happen? I don't know how it's going to happen. Well, if you're living in the world, if you're living out of your flesh, you ain't going to know. Because the answer, as she said, is not over here. It's over here. So here's what I'm leaving you with. Everything God 
really clear about my life. Your life, my life, our life, is being set. We are new creations in Christ. See, we were translated out of this world into the kingdom of his dear son. So we've been set. We are adopted. We've been set. God knows your end. You already know. See, you can only see so far because you at eye level. God is way up here looking down. So not only can he see right here, he can see way out. We only can see right here because we at eye level. But God, he already knows. Not only can he see, he knows. That's the thing we have to understand. He knows. He knows where the pitfalls are. He knows where you're supposed to be. So as we leave here on Pentecost Sunday, let this be a day of celebration. Don't say no more. I don't know who I am. Don't say that. Don't say no more. I don't know how God's going to do this. Because it's not up to you to know. The only thing you need to know is that it's already done. That's all we all need to know. It's already done. You've been set. Just like this day has been set. So this Pentecost Sunday, when you leave out of here today, leave free. Leave everything that you came in here with that's dragging you down right here. Leave it right here. If you need somebody to lay hands on you to help that happen, I'll, uh, I suggest you get up here. Bring it up here. Leave it at the cross and don't pick it up no more. Don't be double-minded. Double-mindedness brings you to the place of being tossed to and fro. You running over here because they got a good word over here. And you running over, girl, they got so-and-so over here. And you running over there. And, so, and your pastor, your pastor is set for you. He's set for you to direct you and guide you through the word to share with you where you are to be. But you running over here. So-and-so got a word going on over here. And, and not that we should not support one another. But when it comes time for you to be shepherd, you have submitted to the one that's been set for this house. And you are part of this house. So I'm telling you, today is an open heaven. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We pray you were encouraged and empowered by today's message. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website by going to www.r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.